Um, yeah, so first of all, I would like to welcome everyone to the webinar, um, everyone who has made time to join us today. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and 154, thank you so much for giving us this platform to be able to chat through um, a little bit about what we're going to discuss um, through, throughout this time. Um, and of course, I want to welcome and thank our three incredible panelists, uh, Christine, Sammy, and Dawoodi. Before I get into a proper introduction um, of our panelists, I just want to run through a quick um, housekeeping for everyone who's joined. So the webinar will be roughly an hour long. Um, each of our panelists will have a little bit of time to give opening remarks. There will be a prompt to which they will respond. Um, and the most part of the webinar will be um, a back and forth discussion between all four of us. Uh, towards the end of the um, webinar, we will open for questions. So we'll probably have time, depending on how the discussion goes, we might have time for four to five questions um, for our panelists to engage with. Um, as you all know, the topic for today is African Biennales as portals for collaborative practice. Um, and I just want to start off by giving a short biography for each of our panelists today, just so that people know um, who we are engaging with. So I'll start with Dawoodi. Uh, Dawoodi is, is at the forefront of a movement that promotes contemporary art in East Africa. In 2007, he co-founded START, a journal of arts and culture criticism, which you can find at startjournal.org. He's a founding member of Kampala Arts Trust, um, a coalition of artists and art appreciators in the country who are working toward the dream of making art an integral part of Ugandan society. Um, he studied at uh, Magritoal School of Industrial and Fine Arts in Uganda, in Kampala. Um, and he obviously founded the incredible Afri Art Gallery in 2002, which is also based in Kampala with two locations, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then next up, I would like to introduce Christine Ayene. Christine is the current artistic director of the Casablanca Biennial, uh, which will, um, will kind of, the fifth edition will take place in May, 2021. She is in charge of programming at the BIC project space in Casablanca. Um, she's an art historian, a research fellow uh, in contemporary art at the University of Lancashire, where she collaborates um, to making histories visible. Um, and also works within a kind of interdisciplinary visual arts research. And then last but not least, I would like to introduce Sami, um, Sami Baloji. Sami is a photographer who has been documenting artisanal mining by Chinese companies in Katanga. Um, he's called this the Kolwezi series. Um, the Kolozi the series, a photograph of which is or was presented at the Lubambashi Biennale, is rooted in the context of the first democratic elections in Congo, which took place in, um, that can't be right, the first elections in 2006, first democratic. Oh, 
Okay. Um, where the increase in demand for copper and cobalt um, kind of created an influx of international investors in Katanga, including a lot of Chinese companies. Uh, Semi was born in 1978 in Lubambashi. He holds a bachelor's degree in literature and social sciences. He has participated in a number of exhibitions, including the Bamako African Photography Encounters in 2007, among many others. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, uh, and so maybe to get us started, I'll start with you, Christine. Um, if you could just give us a couple of opening remarks um, regarding what you consider collaboration before we get into African Biennales, but kind of this question of what collaboration actually means in your mind? Um, I think, I mean, I, I thought more in terms of, uh, in, instead of being abstract, really um, talk about my experience of the uh, Casablanca Biennial. Mm. Um, I could also spoke from, speak from the perspective of the Dakar Biennial, but I, I don't think within the five minutes I won't have time really. Um, I, I sort of want to um, give um, a little bit of a background of the biennial because for me, I, I saw it like working on this project was for me a first element of collaboration as someone who's based in the in the West and, you know, doing um, different kind of projects on the continent. Um, so uh, just to give a, a bit of background, the Casablanca Biennial was first initiated um, in 2012 by Mustafa Romli, who's a Moroccan photographer and visual artist who developed his activity in the 1990s and the story behind the biennial is that it began with um, a residency that Mustafa built over 10 years from the late 90s to 2008 on the coast in the Isawewa region um, alongside the contemporary art center that he also cr um, created. So the biennial was um, the projects uh, set, uh, set up in Casablanca to showcase every two years the work that was created at the, um, uh, at the residency. Um, the Biennial wasn't really in my scope for the first two editions. And then in 2015 and, uh, or 16, uh, Bokinabe artist Seydou Diko recommended Mustafa to approach me to work with a curator. And it took me a bit of time to accept the, the invitation to work on the Biennial. Um, I won't go into all the details, but one of the reasons that motivated me to work on the project was that it was um, an independent initiative uh, created by a Moroccan artist, which I felt was really brave. And also that it had a holistic vision uh, with a very inspiring residency for the, for the artists, uh, where art is being produced or created. Um, a contemporary art center with the idea of uh, collecting, um, you know, creating a collection that could be accessible to the public. And the, the Biennial, which is more um, an international exhibition platform. So I saw working on the Casablanca Biennial as a first element of collaboration. Um, I've been working on the biennial since 2017, and the first edition was rather challenging, uh, but Mustafa really had this idea of uh, developing a long-term collaboration. So now working on my second edition, uh, which is the fifth uh, edition of the biennial, it's been a way for me to both engage with uh, Mustafa's vision uh, that we share, but also to sort of reshape the biennial and or restructure it in a way that it becomes a viable project in line with the uh, you know, standard uh, working methods, but also for it to be practicable and manageable for any other curator who will be involved with the biennial in, in the future. Um, and also um, for the biennial to respond to the needs of local and international artists while being 
adapted to the local context in Essaouira and Casablanca. So from the outset, the biennial was uh, always anchored within an idea of collaboration. I can't speak for the past edition, but I can talk about uh, the forms of collaboration that I've um, developed uh, or I'm currently developing um, as part of the biennial, which are also part of my own practice as a curator, uh, bearing in mind that in the current context, most of it is on hold, or there are projects that um, I can't go into details because uh, they are not confirmed yet. But the first, um, my first idea and, um, with the biennial was to engage uh, first, and foremost, first and foremost with the um, local cultural scene. And in a way in Casablanca, it was also informed by the fact that um, independent structures in Casablanca were much more responsive than public institutions. For instance, in um, 2018, um, administratively, it was very difficult to secure the venues I wanted to, you know, to use for the biennial, which were um, a disused um, slaughterhouse and a deconsecrated uh, cathedral. Um, but a lot of like independent spaces opened their doors to the biennial, and it wasn't like um, there was a main exhibition and um, and the off, like for instance in Dakar, but was all the these venues which were, um, you know, which had like um, very very diverse sizes were all um, invested collectively in the biennial. So for me, what, that was a, one form of collaboration, you know, when doing a project and engaging with the local context and seeing who else, you know, can join the project. Another initiative that I was uh, very keen on um, was... I mean, Christine, uh, maybe we, we can get into the um, kind of specifics of the project um, once we've kind of heard a little bit of an introduction from Sami and Daudi. Um, okay. I'm very interested in also finding out the, like you said, the actual specifics of what this collaborative work, how it plays out, how it actually mm. plays out in, in, in the day to day of either running a biennial or putting one together. So I'm just gonna give the two speakers a chance to just give a quick introduction um, and then we can come back to kind of the specifics of yeah, the project. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so maybe Sammy, if you want to go next. Yeah, uh, thank you for the invitation. Uh, I mean, if I must say something around the uh, collaborative uh, practice, uh, I would say for me, what it's uh, what I understand through uh, the collaborative process is uh, the fact that uh, it's it's really a space. Uh, where we can share or we can create bridges between different fields, uh, between different uh, disciplines, in terms of uh, it, can, it could be between art and, and research through anthropology, ethnography, but even architecture, but even other disciplines, in order to raise, I would say, what it's uh, related to a certain context. Um, and in, in my case, or, or in the Lubumbashi Biennial case, it's, um, it started after the 2007 experience in Bamako, where uh, I was invited with another Congolese photographer called Gildai Magambo, who were part of the, uh, the Bamako Biennial in 2007. And, and that was the first time for us to kind of visit a, a, a Biennial in, in Africa, in the continent. And it was really, amazing and really a great experience for us to come together with curators, with uh, intellectual and uh, African uh, activists, but also thinkers around 
uh, of questions that are um, important, uh, I would say, for the continent and also the diaspora. And so uh, by imitating this idea to recreate an in the Mombashi, it was really important for us to also raise those questions, but also those exchanges in this context of uh, this mining area, which is uh, historically also important and, and connected with all the international, um, um, I would say, economically, but even politically, it's really connected with the world. But at the same time, um, it has always been really uh, shown or, 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 yeah, shown through another perspective, through a Western perspective, without having local experiences. So for me, uh, collaborating with and even the Biennale and the collective. This idea of collaborating with curators, but also anthropologists and historians in order to make, to raise the biennial in Mombasa. Mm. Really this experience of sharing ideas and experiences. I really am drawn to kind of this idea of thinking of collaborative practices um, in an interdisciplinary way. And one of the reasons why I'm excited about this conversation is because it's already kind of drawing itself out. Um, like with Christine as an art historian and a researcher, um, but Sammy also kind of on the ground as an actual photographer, visual artist working in a specific medium. And of course, Dawoodi, with your experience in the art industry, but also as an artist and as a gallerist yourself, um, and kind of that interesting intersection of what happens when different people who are interested by different things actually sit together to, to kind of talk about the, you know, um, like a common goal. Um, so with that said, Dawoodi, I'll give you an opportunity to kind of um, give us some opening remarks. Hello. Um, yeah. Um, in Kampala, there's, uh, we, we kind of have, we lost the art uh, history because of a lot of wars that happened in the 80s and from the 70s, there's a, there was a disconnect in Kampala. So when I started practicing in about 1999, there was a need to discover what, was, what, was, what the art industry in Uganda was. So um, there was a lot of artists working in studios, which in this case would be the first time I saw collectives or collaborations. But this was mostly a, with artists who needed to get rent you know so they couldn't afford the studio so they got together to make work they rarely created um, uh, collaborative works but they shared space um i started a gallery to create that sense of collaboration the sense of uh, putting art together in a space uh, with other people as a way to create the conversation on art within that um, within one environment and of course um by working, by going, uh, traveling and, and seeing what else was going on in the rest of the world, I realized that there was a need to create um, more collaborations with other countries and, and see what kind of work that we've, we can create. So the Biennale for me was uh, uh, the first time I saw, I was participating in a collaboration of uh, building an art industry. Of course, in my art practice, I, I, I mentor people from artists to 
ads managers and all that for us it's really about how do you establish uh, an industry how do you awaken reawaken an industry that uh, used to exist in its glory and 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 what kind of uh, uh, activity do you put in place so in this case it became the gallery it became uh, at a studio uh, that I, 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 I produce, uh, I support, and now the Biennale, which allows for artists to 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 meet um, uh, each other. Our Biennale is really about art uh, masters and apprentices. It's about uh, mentorship. So, by the mere fact of that, there's all these uh, the studios that they create. They they end up working together whether they collaborate on actual work or they collaborate in thinking or but the need to get together to do certain things so um, my process has always been about bringing the the whole full circle together so yeah cool um one thing that's quite interesting to me is um kind of talking about why the format of the biennial Right, so there are many different ways in which collaboration can um, be achieved. Um, and I wanted to know from you what you think is so special about this kind of format of a biennial, but also what makes an African biennial uh, compared to a European or Southeast Asia or anywhere else in the country. So what is it about the African that makes it African? Is it purely kind of um, geographical? Is it historical? Or is there something else that makes it an African biennial slash biennale? Um, for me, African biennales are differentiated by, biennales generally are differentiated by purpose. When I think of uh, Venice, I see a Biennale that celebrates the best achievers. It is like an award ceremony. And in Venice, quickly after that, you have at Basel, and most cases you find that the similar artists will be in, in Basel. When we started the Kampala Biennale, for us, we first thought it like that. So we invited artists to, for a celebration. And then in the second one, we had a curator who invited artists to investigate, interrogate Kampala, so they created works in situ. And then now, it, this led us to discover why Biennales uh, should exist, and, in, and for us it is about transmission of knowledge, skill, through mentorship. We believe that, uh, that, that people who are experienced have uh, the, the opportunity to pass on knowledge to another generation. We believe that uh, um, artists, whether African or anywhere from all over the world that have, have worked for a longer time, have a lot to give artists that are starting out. This could be um, skill, it could be just the understanding of this very rough art world. So for us, it is about uh, the, 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 our purpose, or our format is about transfer of knowledge. And, uh, and experience and, and skills. So we, we keep it around that uh, we, we don't create a Biennale to celebrate the best, we, we create it to, to advance knowledge. It's another way of education for us. Yeah. Um, I think for me, uh, because I've had the experience of uh, uh, visiting the Dakar Biennial and then co-curating the Dakar Biennial, what I've seen with the 
the Dakar Biennial first was that uh, the fact that it was an initiative, uh, an initiative from Senegalese artists, and the fact that there was a desire from these artists in in the you know in the early 90s to um, set up this biennial. So I believe that in a way there is a need from the artists, you know, who want to sort of have a a platform where they sh they can showcase their their work. But then my experience of curating the um, curating the Dakar Biennial was that there is indeed a need for transmission. Um, I think, um, and I spoke to other curators, um, notably um, Elisa Tangana, who co-curated the, the Biennial in 2014. And I think for a lot of us, it's been really challenging. Mm -hmm. And one of the... Um, what, one of the difficulties, I mean, we all want, to, I mean, it's not we all want to curate Dakar, but like we, we all want to be involved because we, we want to be, um, because it's an African biennial, so we want to make sure in a way that it, you know, it continues. So we, you know, we, we like when I agreed to do it, I, I, you know, for me, it was the idea of uh, uh, not being in the West and saying, oh, you know, we, um, there's not, there's no biennials in Africa or, or whatever, but um one of the challenges there is that there's no um, sort of legacy. Um, and what I mean by that is that I had a conversation with, uh, um, I, I remember mentioning Tungone, and I was saying, um, Ngone Fal, so I was saying, uh, you know, I was telling her all the issues that we had encountered um, curating the biennial, and I was like, oh, you know, I want to write a report, and maybe this can be useful for the next, uh, the next edition. And Ngone was telling me, oh, you know, don't bother, because I've, I've written so many reports, and it, it doesn't, uh, you know, it, it, it's not passed on to the the, the, the next team. So the idea of um, Daudi, like you were saying, the idea of uh, transferring knowledge, mm -hmm. I think for me that's uh, that's something that's um, missing in Dakar, unfortunately, which is that uh, Dakar is our like the most established biennial. Um, and what I what we're trying to do in Casablanca is um, think you know think of this idea of transmission. And it's also something that. Um, I've been thinking a lot since BC Silva passed away because um, she was really in this, um, you know, in this idea of transmission, of you know, transfer of knowledge and thinking about the next generation. So the um, the two curators who are working with me in, in Casablanca, you know, are the, the next generation, um, they're already active in, um, you know, as as young curators. Uh, but yes, yeah, so for me, Casablanca is about. Uh, coming back to this notion of collaboration and, and uh, transmission of, of knowledge and, and not necessarily in terms of uh, celebrating the achievements, like you were saying, Daudi, uh, we're, doing, we're developing a um, collaboration with New Art Exchange in Nottingham and New Art Exchange, um, they're, to me, they're a very important in institution in the UK because they're really championing um, cultural diversity. And one of the things that we're doing is supporting young, um, professionals from the di di diaspora, um, African, you know, African uh, uh, or, or Black British um, young professionals uh, who will be involved in the biennial. And I mean, the project is really thought, uh, thought of as something where it's also um, uh, supporting professional development. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but in, in the case of Lugumbashi uh, Biennial, Say that um, just as Saudi was talking about uh, Uganda or even uh, Christine talking about the Dakar by now, I mean, those countries uh, they have a history 
and uh, also like nationally but in in Lumbashi's case we 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 don't have any history with with the vinyl so it, it's really a need that comes from artists and um but also the, the need to 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 express uh about what is going on around us and, and, and what is writing our present in a way by existing into uh, the territory in a way. But even by um, like the experience, as I was saying, that we had with uh, uh, the Bamako Biennial uh, of this Simon Jani. One other thing is after the Bamako, we decided uh, to, to create the Lubumbashi Biennial by inviting Simon. And he told us that you should also uh, create connection with, with the state, uh, uh, the, 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 I mean, the national state, in order to have also funds coming from the, uh, all those institutions, to be uh, from the cultural field, and, and, and to work together in order to create a really strong platform. But, um, um, and actually, the, the Lubumbashi panel doesn't have any funds coming from. from from the, the government or even the cultural uh, institution, we are not helped by, by, by the state. And one of the experiences that we have actually even this time in, in Chinese was uh, we went to ask to the mayor of the city to have a permission to exhibit in the public space during the, the, the violence in 2010. And uh, the mayor uh, asked us what was our budget actually that we were planning to uh, to raise for the, the, the exhibition in the final. And when and, I, and, and we show him what we were trying to raise. And then he asked us to give 10% of the, 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 the budget that we were preparing for the final. So it means that in in, in in terms of our experience, it's really it's not only creating a platform where the artwork can be produced and and dialogue with the city, but we need also to create all other services around the, the artwork in order to have also the public uh, and, and also connecting with the public and, and but even the educational field. It's like doing everything. So I, I wouldn't say that it's really. A biennial, uh, as it is, or, or as it's linked with all this uh, international uh, exhibition that were made in, in Europe, where uh, finally, like the uh, the final where we have, where you have a state pavilion. Uh, so it's not really uh, uh, into that group. So it's, uh, I'd say it's it starts from really the the. The need to, to exist and, 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 and also to create uh, all, all the, the uh, all, all the uh, necessary elements in order to, to exist to express ourselves. Yeah, because of course, um, collaborative work in this format is kind of tangled up in economics as well. And so there are questions of power um, in relation to whether you're working with institutions and what it is that they want from you, um, or even if those institutions are either in the West or even just kind of your local government. Um, I, I have a quote here by Ntone um, Ejabe of Chimuranga, 
that um, I thought that could could maybe guide us in um, what I wanted to speak about next. So, Tony says, uh, we simultaneously work with and contest the power of international and national cultural agencies. They all seem trapped in the logic of de development when engaging with cultural producers on the continent. Essentially, their mission is to help us be more like them while also extracting resources. Whether it comes with a bread or a gun or a Bible, it's the same kind of old colonial mission. If one party is desperate, then it's not a collaboration. It means that their relationship is fundamentally unequal. One of, uh, one of our own responses is to always bite the hand that offers to feed us. And I just wanted to hear your thoughts on this idea of being tangled up with institutional power, either from your um, kind of different locales or even kind of Western um, institutions. Um, um, oh, okay, no, you go ahead. I can go. Well, you, that uh, I like Antonio's uh, statement. I, it's very hard for somebody like me to write it. I guess I should <laughs> brave it, up. But um, we suffer a lot from that, the question of the funding. Because the work that we do, I'm a businessman, I'm, a, I'm an artist, I own a gallery, I could do very well with just running my gallery. But then I spend a lot of my time raising funds for a Biennale in Kampala, which will, which ends up being a, a nightmare, because especially now, because we, we, we are turning our Biennale on, to, to an online platform this time. And just to convince already existing partners that we, we are going this direction, it was, it's like the biggest nightmare. And just now somebody called me, who wants to write an article about the Kampala Biennale? And I told them, wait until when we announce, because we are trying to figure out some issues. And these issues are really about the support. Um, of course, our governments do not give any funds or even care to understand what it is that we do. But, but when we get the funds that we get, it's mostly from Europe. Um, one of the supposed to be major funders of our Biennale this, this edition uh, pulled out last uh, two weeks ago because they didn't think we could put produce a biennale online in Africa. You know, they didn't think that we could um, that we have that tech because they inquired from some of their colleagues who are tech experts, and they said that it's impossible to pull off, especially in Africa. And yet, I looked at the team that we are working with. The, 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 the Europe outsources take uh, work from them. So it, um, we, it, it is not a partnership. It is really like somebody, like somebody is, is, is desperate. We are desperate. We, the, the existence of the next Biennale is not guaranteed uh, after this one. We have some funds for this one, but I was telling a colleague of mine that we cannot I cannot keep doing this like this. I cannot uh, pr promise another Biennale when the process of doing so is begging and begging in a way that as if, you know, we, 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 we are doing a very useless thing. So it is really problematic and, and, and one of the biggest challenges, and I don't know whether that's why Biennales fail, but 
it needs some kind of private investment. I mean, art world need to invest in 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 uh, in uh, the, I mean, collectors and people who appreciate and buy and consume art. They must be putting their their money there because then it produces these results of great artists who are confident, who produce the work that will turn the, the world on its head. So the, it is very important uh, pro projects that we do, every Biennale that happens on this continent. But for some reason, nobody really, the, the, the authorities or governments or organizations that support tend to make it a very secondary and cause, yeah, as if it's not something that is important yet, they're interested in the art world. I just don't get it. I funded the first Biennale with my own funds because I just thought this must happen. But I can't do that for the rest, you know, forever. So it's, it's uh, very complex in that way. I think, um, oh, um, talking from the perspective of um, Casablanca, I mean, it's, it's also challenging. Um, in 2018, we had a situation uh, where, you know, it was, it was difficult um, to get Moroccan partners to be um, like funders to support the Bayonne. So it was mainly uh, funded by the Fondation Maroc Premium, which is uh, Mostafa Ronli's uh, foundation. Mm -hmm. um, what we're trying to do is, um, so we, we had a, a plan for the 2020 edition, which is now 2021, uh, where we were going to organize, um, you know, fundraisers. And we were also thinking in terms of how to make the Bayonne uh, self-sufficient and, you know, um, sort of uh, do projects that would raise enough money to, so that the biennial would uh, uh, rely on these funds right, rather than um, you know, having to um, get funds from a, you know, a, a external funds. But um, realistically, because the biennial is international and we have artists coming from different parts of the world, so what I've decided for this edition from uh, last year, since we started working on, on, on that uh, edition, was... Uh, that we would um, indeed uh, reach out to, you know, funders from the countries where the artists are coming from. But I also, um, um, I mean, th this question of uh, the, you know, the um, funding from the West and strings attached is something that, I mean, we've been talking about for many, many, many years. Um, I believe that um, in the West, there are also African people who, you know, uh, people who are based in you in Europe or the states but who are you know who are African heritage who pay their taxes and that public money you know when we get some um, institutional funding from Europe for instance is public money and you know I think my my sisters pay their tax in France I pay my tax in England um, you know if it's public money that's used for art um, you know I believe that we also we are also entitled to this funding uh, which is also um, um, it's also challenging, actually, as, a, as, as I mean, we, there's been a lot of debate um, recently following the death of George Floyd in terms of, a, you know, how institutions are, are still exclusive and they're not catering to a lot of the diverse community and everyone is, you know, all the adults who are working are paying their tax. So it's like money that should also go back to diverse communities. Um, the other thing I want to say is that coming back to this um, question, of uh, strings attached is we, it's a conversation that we've had as part of the project that we are developing with New Art Exchange because we applied for a grant from the Arts Council England 
um, to develop collaborations between British venues and um, British independent spaces or in English in, um, independent spaces and um, independent spaces in Africa. So we've, we've approached um, a few spaces and so it, the project hasn't been announced properly because also because of the pandemic, but that's something that, um, it, you know, that, that was part of the conversation we, we had and um, some of the comments from uh, some of the African uh, independent spaces that we approached. Um, and to some extent, what I was trying to explain is that, I mean, the project is run by, uh, um, you know, a, a director who's, who's British, but of, um, you know, South Asian heritage. Uh, I'm involved in the project. I'm, you know, French Cameroonian. So, so, the, so sometimes our projects are actually led by the diversity and people who have connections with the continent. Uh, but I know that sometimes it's actually true that there's, you know, you're working with partners who don't necessarily understand the, the or, or don't necessarily respect your integrity as a curator, which is something that happened to me in the past on a project that I won't, uh, I won't go into details, but that's something that I've also encountered where, where you know, there are expect expectations on us that actually are not beneficial to the art project, but they are what the funders are. You know, expecting and they they want to tick the box and yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but in in our experience, uh, I think the, the uh, for us we've been in a way um, managing to have uh, at the end what it's really um, a project that we want to. Uh, to realize in, in our in our context uh, by choosing a curator uh, uh, and and also starting from the the selection made by the, the curator and and try to raise income uh, locally or internationally uh, in order to have uh, uh, the the exhibition so in, in in time, how there are no applications uh, because we don't have funds to kind of produce artwork uh, directly from uh, uh, submissions that is made. Uh, it's really working with artists and trying to to, uh, to find a budget for production of for of his or her work um, for the biennial and also uh, in time how making project uh, done directly uh, in situ, which is also a way of stealing uh, or also like collaborating with local artists, but also local audience uh, in a way. So, um, of course, uh, um, we can say that uh, um, we, we are looking for money and it's mainly coming from from our side, but it's also because, like in Congo, as I said before, we don't have uh, uh, we we don't have any funds coming from the state uh, somehow, and uh, and we don't even also have people. I mean, the uh, local mecene uh, uh, like interested in, in funding uh, what is going on in in the cultural or artistic field. So. Um, so um, it's uh, it's always uh, a, a challenging um, work to 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 make the final uh, happen. But what is in a way positive for us? It's uh, as I said, uh, 
it's really working with the curator, but also starting from the local context and seeing what is really important uh, and not just copying what is going on internationally, but it's a, a, a biennial that works with the local reality and talks to the, to the local direction. In a way. Um, in a way, I'm a little bit conflicted because on the one hand, um, Sammy, you talking about this notion of local realities, which then in a way situates why it's important to have a Kampala biennial or a Casablanca biennial or a Dakar because you kind of want to engage these local realities. But as Christine was talking, I kept on thinking, um, you know, what about a biennials that break borders, you know, uh, in the sense that uh, why is it that we're still thinking of it in this kind of restricted way of there is a country in Africa um, and that country has a major city and therefore that's kind of where the context of, you know, the starting point of this biennial is. Um, is it maybe just a question of where you guys are situated and therefore this is where you're doing the work? Or are you kind of thinking about these ideas of breaking these random arbitrary borders? Um, but then also with regards to what you said earlier about the difficulty with the diaspora, like more and more people, well, pre-COVID anyway, um, it was becoming more difficult to kind of identify to any one specific place. You know, many people are, as uh, Tyra Selassie said, they're local to different places, right? It's not just necessarily about where they're born or whatever. And so I want to hear what your thoughts are with regards to geography, with regards to borders um, in relation to the work that you do. Um, I would, oh, sorry, you go ahead. You, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, I mean, uh, if I take my, my own case, personal case, um, I think it's difficult when, so I was born in France, but I was born a Cameroonian citizen. Uh, so, um, and then I left France, I went to Morocco, so I lived in Morocco in 2000 and 2001, and then came to England. But I feel that um, as an individual, everywhere I am, I'm never really completely from the place where, you know, where, where, where I live. Um, I live in London, but I work in Preston and I do this project in Casablanca. I'm also very close to my roots, Cameroonian roots. So in 2016, I developed, a, 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 I developed with a colleague a photography project in Yaoundé. So I don't know, I, I work within those different um, spaces and locations. Um, the Casablanca Bagnard is not my initiative. I, you know, I was invited to, to work on this project. And actually the, the Bagnard, as I was explaining at the beginning, it's actually the, it's in a way, it's not an end in itself because it's behind it, there's a residency which is located in Essaouira. Um, and it's not, I mean, in a way the Bagnard is just meant to present the work that's um, created at the residency. And the residency in itself is, uh, is thought as something, you know, it's really uh, thought as a, as a space for artists to sort of, uh, you know, disconnect and uh, be immersed in their own creation. So it's not meant as a, um, it, yeah, it didn't start with the Casablanca Bagnol, it's just the Bagnol is the result of something else. And the other thing I want to say is that um, it's obviously uh, 
it's very challenging when you're, you know, as, as a black woman in the West, uh, I, I'm lucky that I work with Lubena Hamid uh, on this Making Histories Visible project, uh, because the project is actually about uh, championing diversity in the UK and uh, internationally. But, you know, if it wasn't for that, um, I think it's a, yeah, I think, you know, for me, in a way, working in Africa, because I've, I've always been drawn, you know, I've always wanted to, to go back to Africa in a way, I can't explain why, but it's also because when I do projects on the continent, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing contemporary art project, I'm not doing contemporary African art project, and that's something as well that, you know, when you're doing projects in, a, in the West, if you're exhibiting African artists, it's, it's labeled as contemporary African art, whereas when you're on the continent, we're working within the paradigm of uh, contemporary art. So, and I think, I don't know, I can't speak to the other locations, but I think we live in a, I don't know, I mean, you're in Cape Town. I mean, Gerber is a very uh, dynamic city. Casablanca is, uh, I don't know, 3.5 million, 3 .5 million um, citizens. You know, it's, it's a very, they are very dynamic cities. So, and there are artists and, you know, there's an energy there. Um, and I find actually working with younger people also that there is a, I mean, we sort of want to interact not necessarily in the format of the white cube, the, the biennial as a white cube and also object-based um, project. And I think, I'm sure Sami and Daudi, you know, we sort of have the same, especially the Daudi's project that I found really interesting uh, of the, um, the masters and um, the sort of, men, the men, yeah, masters and apprentice, apprentices. Um, for instance, for, Casab for the uh, Bayonne in Casablanca, I've been thinking a lot uh, during the, the pandemic and the lockdown in terms of how, um, I've been thinking a lot about the residency as a, as a place where artists could create almost projects that are more based on the experience than on the object. So that's something, also things that I've been thinking about. And also um, in Dakar in 2012, when we, we uh, prepared the biennial during the uprising and um, I was thinking, you know, if, oh, okay, what if we can't actually do the biennial? I was, uh, one of the projects I proposed and I wrote that in the catalog, um, I was, I proposed, um, I had this idea of a immaterial uh, exhibition. So something in the space, but with no object in it. So I think we all think in terms of, a, you know, there are projects that lend themselves to having a sort of a conventional exhibitions, but there are, also curators like ourselves and artists who are interested in the experience and sharing with the, you know, with interacting with the audience in ways that go beyond the, the object or the white cube. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like, I like what you said, Christine, about the, the, the purpose of the Biennale as well. It's like, we, it's, it's not uh, to create products or sell. It is to create, ex to, it's about experience and for us at least for the process and because when you want to sell art you go to galleries and art fairs and that kind of stuff but when um, you asked about the the situation of the biennale especially like kampala it is it is really because i am in kampala um that i remember somebody told me when we started the biennale before we started the biennale in kampala that they, they were trying to apply to Dakar. And uh, I think no Ugandan artist had been to Dakar over the years. And I remember telling them, well, I'm going to, to, to create a Biennale and 
then people come to Kampala. So it was uh, really about uh, creating something where I am that can bring the, 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 the city. Uh, and when I first did the art fair, my first art fair in Johannesburg, I was telling clients that I didn't, that I was coming from Kampala and they didn't know where Kampala was. So the Biennale as well was about talking about where is Kampala and, and, and telling, so taking Kampala to the world and the world to Kampala. And I remember the first Biennale we create, we, we hosted, uh, it was based on, on the continent and not only African artists on the continent, got artists from over 35 countries on the continent. So they, they uh, about 25 countries came to Kampala and we spent a week with them at the opening of the Biennale. The, there's a specific need to break boundaries of borders because these borders they are actually they actually don't exist they are political creations by the scramble and partition of the world for that matter and we all know that so it is it is there's an, a huge need to to collaborate uh, with different people from all over the world not only africa from with chinese and indians and, and south americans uh, and Europeans or whatever, because of the the need to understand who we are as humans uh, and and the fact that there's actually no borders. And I'm I'm really glad that right now we are online. We are going. The Pianale is going to, soon. We shall announce, but it's going to be uh, online. Um, and when it goes online, we are going to break even more borders of boundaries because. Uh, we'll have uh, international collaborations online and we'll be dealing with the online community and and the world and this particular webinar we are talking to people all, all over the world right now and people from all over the world are listening in these are actually were impractical in the last biennale like people had to come to Kampala to, to see the biennale so there's a there's a huge need to break borders. Uh, of course, to travel it will be political, even if COVID uh, goes away, if it has not yet. It it will be um, the, 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 it would be great if the governments understood, especially in the continent, that there's no need for visas. It's so hard for me to go to Mali. There's no in Bamako. There's no there's no embassy in Uganda that gives me a visa to go to. Bamako. So I have to send my passport to uh, Addis Ababa to get a visa, To it comes back and then go to, oh, I need to contact people who are in high places in Bamako to get me a visa. It's like ridiculous. So, but yeah, I would say borders must be, we do whatever it takes to break borders. Mm -hmm. uh, uh... I can add what one thing which is quite important is uh, is also the, the the colonial legacy actually in both sides. And I mean, I'm, I'm talking about North and, and South. It's it's really this logic of separation. Uh, and, and when talking about uh, the Congolese experience and one of the things, so like since. Uh, uh, 1885, when the Congo became uh, a personal property of uh, the King Leopold, uh, it, 
it was meant to, to, to be international already. So you had uh, English, uh, American, or, or all the people coming in, 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 in Congo and exploiting all the robbers. And after the scandal of, uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, those cutting hands that happened during the, the, the Leopold period, um, when when he he lost the, the, the Congo and, and it became and the country became uh, a Belgian uh, colony, uh, there was this uh, Congo press at four, which is an agency that was there in order to kind of create a new image uh, of uh, this colony uh, from uh, the Belgian perspective, uh, showing how they were bringing civilization and uh, like uh, uh, creating uh, all the knowledge that was going on uh, uh, in, in the country. And, and in a way they were controlling the, Im the images that were coming from the outside, I mean, from, from the country and showing it in, in, in Belgium. So even now, moving in between, you still have people saying that, yeah, but the Belgian, what they did in Congo is really good. And it goes through all those pictures that have been like uh, created through the, 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 the propaganda during also the, the, the occupation uh, period. So one thing that I would like to say is, is, just, uh, is uh, that all those countries in Africa were also modern at the same time because they were meant to be place for exploitation, for place for uh, uh, you know also to 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 get, to get a benefit of uh, all the mineral resources and, and uh, all the stuff. So they were modern uh, in a way. So, uh, but at the same time, um, one of the thing is. To create this uh, racial hierarchy or, or these, those segregated cities, in order to 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 have a, a, a gap between black and and, uh, and white. So this to say that by doing a binary like in Russia, it's already breaking things because for, as long as you're thinking that it's a, a, it's a whole, it's something smaller. Uh, while there, you can you can realize how it's connected to the, the to the world from from the history, and, and even now you still have uh, all this Elon Musk trying to create spaces for electric batteries, and all the projections are still in, in the spaces even today. So uh, they are really strongly connected. But while at the same time on the uh, international newspapers or, or televisions, you have another idea of, of, of primitive or something that is coming from, from the darkness in a way. So, I mean, by, by creating those vinyls, it's already breaking those, uh, those uh, uh, ideas. And, and something else, which is quite important that I would like also to bring to light, is the fact that um, this is like the, the sixth edition that we've been doing. and. And slowly, we've been also connecting with other biennials, and but also other other foundations. But uh, even like the last edition, we've been supported by the one before, and we've been also collaborating with the Shouter Foundation. Uh, so I mean, there are, there is a network which is also uh, uh, coming up, and that uh, is really important, and it's also creating more openness and, and, and diffusion of. Uh, of what is going on in the
Um, so we're gonna um, go over to answering a couple of questions from the audience. Um, and I guess one of them, Sammy, you've actually just kind of touched on with regards to networks between different biennials across the continent, that those conversations are kind of already happening. So I'll just move to, to another question maybe. Um, so it says, how involved are you how involved are your events on the local art scene with the Biennale is not happening? Do you have any local permanent presence? Who is that for? Um, it's not specific. So maybe one or two of you could kind of answer um, just so that we can have more time to take maybe another question. Um, from the Casablanca Biennial, I mean, we we opened uh, the project space uh, that closed, uh, you know, when the pandemic happened. Um, it's fairly recent, so the, the I did um, the George Arlett exhibition end of February. Uh, that was only open for two weeks, and then the, the project was presented online. Um, one of the, th I mean, I had some plans before the the pandemic. I mean, the idea for me was to prepare the biennial, to start preparing the biennial early in advance so that we so had a plan to do um, public engagement projects. Um, you know, with obviously it's, um, you know, in art, we know that we, t we touch the, the, you know, the traditional or the art audience. So um, how do you say we're preaching to a converted. Um, but I was really keen to touch, um, you know, audiences that are not, um, you know the, your typical art audience. Um, there was a collaboration that we that I wanted to develop uh, for the previous edition that I'm hoping I'd be able to develop for 2021 with um, a cultural center called uh, Centre Les Étoiles de Sidi Moumen, uh, which is in the outskirts of Casablanca, and it's a cultural center that um, caters for it's a safe uh, space and nurturing uh, space for um, at-risk community, notably young people. Uh, there, are, I've been like when I'm in Casablanca, I go to other, you know, other people's events, like other institutions' events, and I, I tend to. Uh, I mean, uh, my personal interest, I'm, I'm really interested in um, everything touching on uh, urban culture. So there was some, you know, we had some ideas um, to collaborate with an institution, uh, association called Diversité, that are interested in um, getting young people uh, from diverse backgrounds to be involved in arts. Um, I mean, there, there, I had some ideas, but it's just like um, we haven't been engaging with the. I think when if we engage virtually, it's we probably touch um, the like the art audience. But I'm more interested in like um, doing projects or engaging with the local community, uh, particularly people who will not necessarily go to an art space. And so one of the ideas that I had was to um, invest a public space, which we can't do at the moment but i'm hoping that 2021 we'll be able to engage with the with the public space and add a lot of like sound and music um, elements to the project as well mm. um okay so maybe instead of taking another question because we have run out of time what i would rather do is allow you uh, maybe a minute or two for closing remarks um, and I'm really interested in something that you Dawoodi, said earlier, um, this question of trying to figure out who we are as humans, right? If you kind of ask 
why we're here. Um, it comes down to the human condition, our humanity, and trying to figure out why we're here. So maybe um, as closing remarks from each of you, if you could maybe touch on that as a prompt, um, but also in relation to the future of Biennales, where do you see them going, you know, post-COVID 2021-2022 um, and potentially even further into the future? Um, yeah, for me, I think that um, Biennale is a political protest of some sort, not government politics but more of international politics they are really protests of uh, um, of uh, maybe you could call it colonialism or the racial divide or understanding because um, they, they question things i think that the future biennales on the continent are not going to necessarily be the same that attract funding because but but more um, and therefore they won't pro probably create art in terms of objects, but maybe we'll create, uh, there'll be symposia and uh, discussions and, and meetings uh, that are disruptive. Um, and I think that if the direction of, of biennales on the continent go, in, go there, we will have more, more, more talking and more thinking. The education program for the, uh, the Biennale of Kampala this year is uh, critical thinking. So we are going to go to cities out of Kampala and speak to people, young people, about how to think critically. So the idea is to, to become work, like they say in the, in the US, like to open minds and understand our realities, but also try to understand that we can achieve pretty much anything that we want to achieve. And it's, uh, it's that awareness that I believe that will change this continent, change art and the perception and everything that we, we ever dream of will come to life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in our case, I, I would say that um, uh, the Biennial itself has not yet started. Um, for now, it's mainly about creating a community uh, in a way, because even if you look at the political level, nothing is done in order to create a space for an artist, a space for culture, a space for uh, free expression. So everything is tightened in order to not exist in those space. It's really a space of negation of body in, in a way. So um, as artists, we, we but also thinkers and activists, we need to create those platforms in, in, in order to exist. And this comes back to what you said before about collaborative process. Uh, we need that in, in order to, uh, I mean, it's really important that by creating this platform, actually you can have artists moving from uh, uh, a little partial to South, South Africa or some, so somewhere else and experiencing and also having space to, to study, to progress in a way and coming back and also uh, 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 training local, uh, uh, local artists but also uh, creating relations with uh, audience. And this comes to what you ask about the presence. So for, for us, like since 2017, we've started to also 
uh, create a, a long uh, program of uh, local of education, uh, of art education, uh, by also working in collaboration with Open Society and, and other like foundations in order to have a program that with market photo workshop we collaborated also in order to create a sort of platform where we can start to share also like uh, uh, people that in coming to Mumbai and from local uh, artists and like uh, uh, working with them until the the the, the, the biennial happens in a way so it's not really about the biennial but it's also uh, it's really about the process of how to create but how also to, to form someone to become also uh, uh, an artist because I mean in Lubumbashi we have um, we have a, a, an art school which is uh, an equivalent of a sixth year of secondary school so it means that when you go to school in Lubumbashi you're not an artist because it's at 18 years old that you finished your art school so it's about theory so it's really about reproducing the choreography of uh, producing what was uh, thought to be uh, local artwork during the colonial period. So, um, yes, for me, it's really uh, one of the things to bring the panel to existence is really to create a network and way of also sharing experiences, but to create a, a really strong platform and, and a network. Uh, and, and then after that, the panel itself will be there. And I'm sure that it will come. No. So, um, yes, um, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm not too concerned in, uh, with the sort of a, a definition of the biennial as such, because I see it as a calendar, I see it as a big event that happens every two years. And, um, and like I was explaining for us, the biennial is the result of many more things that happen sort of behind the scenes, so the residency. So maybe to, to sort of finish from, from my side, um, we really wanted to like uh, put across the message that we, we're really keen to share our resource because the, the residency is really, um, it's, it's a beautiful place. It's a, you have like a 10, um, you know, we can have like uh, groups of 10 artists each, uh, each time. Uh, and you know, there are production facilities. And I was, there's something we didn't talk about that I was thinking, uh, Actually, when I read the brief uh, about the the idea of a roaming Pan-African uh, biennial, that was an idea in 2009 that was explored at Manifesta Coffee Break. So, I, you know, I was like preparing this conversation. I was thinking about how we can, uh, you know, in, collaborate as biennials on the continent. I, I know that at the moment, uh, Casablanca is, is not doing it. Uh, but we've had a few conversations, but I just wanted to put across the message that we, you know, we're keen to sort of share if, you know, to have a, some of your artists, Sami or Daudi, you know, to come in the, in the residency, because we have a capacity to, you know, to host artists and to produce art, um, art artwork. I'm also, I also think that, uh, you know, artists are, there are artists that create objects, there are artists that create ideas, so I'm not completely dismissing the idea of uh, the exhibition format because there are artists who are creating because you know that's that's what they do. So I think I'm I'm, I'm sort of a balance in terms of my the idea of uh, you know exhibition format and biennial. I think uh, I think we need to consider you know both existing both coexisting. Um, and yeah, so that's I wanted to finish with that. Um,
Yeah. Well, from my side, I just would like to thank all three of you so, so much for having this conversation with me. It's been really incredible um, and insightful. But I also want to urge everyone who is joined in because there's a lot of questions that we haven't been able to touch on to maybe continue the conversation and continue this engagement um, via social media. So on the invitation, you would have seen all of our handles and like websites where to find people. Um, and so like Dawoodi said in this digital age it's very easy to get in touch and to keep connected and to keep the conversation going um, yeah so thank you so much for making time and thank you 154 Contemporary Art uh, for kind of putting together this platform um, and good night I guess good night good night goodbye